-hmm. It seems that with all the multiverse talk, we are going to be entering into a little bit of a time travel, knots, and all of that kind of stuff. So we figured what better opportunity to talk about all that than right here with a brainy podcast. Yeah, the history nerds. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I bring up Shrek all the time, so I don't know if I'm quite the brainy one. That so, just means there's okay, time travel tracks in media, so we've <laughs> seen a lot. Yeah, I mean, true. Yeah, so time travel, obviously very big in the public consciousness, and like just so ingrained in nerd culture. Doctor Who, I think, is a lot of people's entry into sci-fi and comic books and all of that. Vic and I are both history majors in university, so we like to talk about the way that pop culture intersects with like academics and that. Vic, I know you had a bunch of notes that were like specifically Marvel-related. Do you kind of want to start talking about some of that? Yeah, so Endgame is not my favorite of the Avengers franchise films, but it is interesting because it brings up a lot of questions about if you're going to time travel, what will it do? Will it be changing the past? How is it done? Because that's one of the things they talk about is, well, if we're going to time travel, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to follow a certain path? Are we supposed to only follow certain rules? And they're, they talk a lot about Back to the Future and all these other different pop culture references. Yeah, like a couple of the big things we're interested in is like anytime you have a time travel story or a counter historical narrative, you're giving people an impression of the past that isn't true. Like big capital T. Specifically false. Yeah, it's specifically false. So what does that do to our public perception of the past? Basically, what Vic and I want to talk about is how not all counter historical narratives are bad and are evil. Like it's not this horrible thing that's making people dumber. There's something really rich that can come from that. But we want to talk about what those do a little bit, I think. And so to yeah. uh, bring all of this together, the main movies that we're going to be using as reference are, I believe, did anybody watch uh, Miss Peregrine's Home? I did. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. I've seen I, it, I know, yeah. I know uh, a couple of us watched Back to the Future. Yeah. And we also have Endgame so baked in the public's consciousness, it's forever yeah. going to be weighed against it. Yeah. Also, totally. also have Bill and Ted as reference. That's true. Oh, and, nice. I love that film. <laughs> and Trunks from Dragon Ball Z, because also that counts. Excellent. I might talk about Timeless TV series. A highly underrated show. I found like academic article published in a journal of teaching from the US that is just like a pure reviewed article on why students should watch Doctor Who in history courses. It's really cool. And then the other thing that he talks about is the primary sources, which is like the legit historical documents that people tend to look at the past through. Those always come from dominant socioeconomic, racial, and gender groups. So one of the things that historical fiction, time travel, and counter historical narratives do is it gives space for those underrepresented groups. Yeah, and I think why uh, historical fiction is so important, at least, I've actually had to read a couple of historical fiction books for my courses, is because it makes you feel for the people. And you're not just looking at documents, you're not just looking and analyzing birth records, you're looking and living a life through someone's eyes, and you're empathizing with them. And I mean, sometimes nonfiction does that, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I feel like to tie it back to just narratives about time travel specifically, that's why those are fun, because we perceive the past as written in stone right it's a thing that is done and over and you can't change and that also makes it remote
about. It's not just intangible. It is, even if you can touch it, it's what it is. It exists mm-hmm. as it was. But time travel yeah. goes, not only can you go and see it and interact with it, but you can interact with it the same way you interact with your daily life. You can affect yeah. change. You can act upon the people you're in meaningful ways rather than just going to watch a movie in VR. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think Back to Future shines really well. Going back to 1955 But the ripples through time that would cause him to cease existing don't happen instantly. As we saw, first his older brother, then his older sister, and then him. Mm -hmm. Giving Mm -hmm. him enough time as the main character to solve the plot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that Back to the Future specifically is an interesting exercise in contingencies versus agencies. And that's something that we talk about a lot. Is history just a butterfly effect or is there actual human action? Do historical figures actually matter as people who made choices or is it like just in totally like environment creates who you are and there's kind of this sense of predestiny and I think that when Marty goes back in time and you see the way that someone being in the wrong place at the wrong time someone else getting hit by the car that's one of those things that really comes in so I like Back to the Future for what it gives us on that see that's my thing with those movies because like see with Endgame I'm with Rhodey why not just go back in time and kill baby Hitler yes <laughs> okay so, so and that depends on what your time travel Favor. Yeah, you that's, wouldn't know why you killed that baby. That's fine. That's fine. Right? I, know that. I went back to yeah. it for a purpose. Tell me. I'm I telling would still you. make that choice. In time to go yeah. free my people from like plantations and I forgot yeah. about it afterwards. Well, I'm sorry, but I, everybody's Django now. Right? Yes. Like, what's happening? Well, and I mean, in certain time, <laughs> uh, time travel narratives, people do remember their past. So who's to say that you yeah. would forget the TV show Timeless? It's about people who remember the past trying to fix the mistakes yeah. that someone made. I yeah. love that show uh, because it has a historian as basically the heart of the show. Yeah. If anyone who doesn't know Timeless, it's Loki without Loki. It's this entire so you mean actual like... Loki. He <laughs> 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 was not the main character of that show, and we all know. Okay. It. But like yeah. that, like that a weird, super powerful um, shadow organization. That's what Timeless is. It just doesn't have the Marvel canon and like these superhero Norse gods in it. Yeah. yeah. And like Loki also gets into something else that I think is so interesting which is when we create counter narratives to try to explain historical mysteries you know because we have the famous plane hijacking but Mm -hmm. i don't know what what it is about this particular like last 10 years but everyone wants to involve their main characters in the jfk assassination well yes that's actually not just like oh everybody wants to there's actually like six guys who really want to interact with jfk's death and they keep making everyone else do it too you're right (laughs) and it's like the amount of content Gerard Way yep. has made about the JFK assassination. We get it. You want to suck his dick and he's too dead to do it. Calm down. Jesus. I was about to just I was just okay. Yeah. No, I was just saying Bro Academy yeah. is another point yeah. of like time travel because that's explained yeah. a lot for yeah. or it's the main plot point of that. But yeah, the whole JFK. Gerard <laughs> Ray has got his fingers yeah. deep in that property. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so here's the thing. I get why things like I'm completely forgetting the name of the plane jacker that is oh, allegedly Loki. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then you know you've got like the JFK and like there's other like I'm sure that someone has sent someone
someone back in time to make them Jack the Ripper or something of that genre. But yeah. like, what's specifically interesting about the JFK is that comes from all the conspiracies that emerge. Does everybody know about JFK's medical corset? Yes. Yes. No. I, I know. Vaguely. <laughs> okay. So JFK had a very bad back, but his whole mm. thing in his entire political career was I'm this young, good-looking, energetic, sexually proud man. So the JFK documents came out in 2018, maybe 2017, right? Because the U.S. makes things public domain after a certain amount of time, right? Yeah. Or they yeah. declassify. Yeah. yeah. Unless no. your name is Mickey JF- Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, so JFK frequently wore a medical support corset. That's probably why the magic bullet myth emerged. Because you're like, oh, when someone gets shot, they fall down. You're not aware that he's being held up. <laughs> yeah. But yep. that actually like speaks to one of my favorite points about both historical fiction, revisionist work, and to some extent <laughs> fan work. The ground people most like to interact with and insert themselves into is the place where there is something unaddressed, the place there, where there are still questions. We like yeah. to answer questions, even if we know they're going to be false. And history is ripe with opportunities to yeah. tell a story, to say what happened. Yeah. And I think yeah. the gray area that needs to get sorted out is like, how much liberty can you take? There's a scholar who is a historian by trade and writes almost exclusively on alternative history and time travel now. Must love Doctor Who, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Her name's Karen Helkinson. And one of the things she writes that I think is such a brilliant quote is, wouldn't it change anything if Cleopatra's nose had been shorter? Basically getting out that there's things that you don't have to get right. Mm. But also, not everything doesn't matter. I'm just thinking like with the way that time travel narratives are, there's multiple different types of time travel narratives. And so when you place that within a TV show or a film or a book, it changes the way you perceive that history. Is that, is it a fixed point or is it changeable? Right. I was gonna say, that, that's my thing. Cause yeah. like, I don't, I don't agree with Endgame's physics to time travel. No. That's just oh, the time travel no. writers and the actors don't fucking agree how that movie works. No, man. If you change something in the past, that changes something in your future. That's how I see it. That's- There's a way to avoid that and they failed to do it. I'm about to tell you something that you don't want to know about what I was doing back in like 2015. But one of my favorite approaches wait, to time travel wait, I've can, ever seen I, was Homestuck. Can I g- guess though what you're doing? It's- Were you stealing plutonium to actually make a DeLorean time travel machine? Because if you're secret safe with me. I can't answer that question internet. for legal reasons. But It's on the internet okay. forever, but it's uh, safe with him. Yeah. No, like the idea of stable time loop that you can go forward into the future to do things and then come back or you can go back to do something as long as it's what was already done and if you're wrong you die if you change yeah. if you go back to change yeah. something that's not supposed to be changed and your body just turns up in the main yeah. timeline and everyone has to go oh well i was about to do something but apparently that doesn't work okay and i think <laughs> the greatest example of the other way oh you were always supposed to do that was fry from futurama yes he i was thinking per- that yeah. makes narrative sense the further you watch futurama and it's integral to the final yeah. episodes because he's missing yeah. oh. certain brain waves that would come from a let's call it responsible family tree mm-hmm. <laughs> something that's also, not also, circular yeah also time travel <laughs> intent was stupid as shit so, yeah, I, I haven't it was seen a bit, like, I don't even know there's time travel in that movie there is it's like a <laughs> back and forth mirror thing so like no yeah. no let's not even go there is everybody aware of predestination where he is every character in that movie mm-hmm. one of the not funniest fucking premises I've ever seen why, <laughs> why does that just sound like that. a big budget 12 angry man dude he <laughs> is his own grand he is his own father and his own mother and the criminal he spent his life hunting. Brilliant. <laughs> I think I'm brilliant. Yeah, wait, wait, is that the movie? Okay, so he goes forward in time and he looks at a fridge. A fridge. Uh, I don't sorry, think that, so. Maybe not. It's very right, specific. 
Yeah. There's also that. <laughs> I love it. That one movie, Looper, where the whole premise is a guy's trying to assassinate himself in the past, which that's a move. Why would and you like, even do it? Like, exactly. So. Find a little bit though, like. Yeah, well, they discuss it in the movie because it is the premise yeah. that like, that's a weird thing to do. Because that's the yeah. plot. Like, why would, yeah, okay, why would you, wait, yeah. If you're going back in yeah. time to assassinate yourself, here's a quick question. Can you do it with a gun? Because a bullet is not instantaneous. So do you disappear from the timeline before you can fire that bullet? But then you don't disappear from the timeline. Mm. Well, I feel like in that scenario, you're realistically, you're attempting to assassinate yourself with the full knowledge that what you're doing will remain an attempt. Like, yeah. I have to try. Now I'm leaving. Have a good life. See you in 40 years. To, to <laughs> roll it back into <laughs> Doctor Who, because you took my brain and then yes. I won't let go. The master in that series comes back and teams up with his future self, who is a yeah. woman, and then kills her. And then she- well, Yourself is valid, but weird. Less valid. But Doctor Who doesn't like its own timeline, so just. I'll just say this: if you go back into time and you go kill your past self, I can guarantee your future self is just going to fade away. Right. Mm -hmm. Technically, you're dead. I feel like trying to kill your future self is like playing chess with yourself, though. Oh, it is. It's playing chess. This guy knows what you're doing. (laughs) But yeah, like the way we approach time travel and the rules that we ascribe to time travel, because that's basically what we're debating: is like, what are the actual rules? One of the things that exists in the academic side of the literature is if you look at time travel fiction, it says something about the way that the author conceptualizes the past. If you can change the past, that's like indicative of disorder or randomness. But if there's one of those overarching organizations, like if Mobius exists, then that suggests that like destiny exists, which we talk about teleological history, which means that there's an endpoint and like all striving for either utopia or ruin, it depends. Yeah, history is working towards something. Yeah, and that it's very mankind centric. That's one of the things I like about Doctor Who is for how much time he spends on Earth, it's not humankind centric. And for how often the Doctor is presented as a human man, and we now have a woman Doctor, which I'm in favor of. Too bad the writer isn't. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Damn. It's my only gripe. But in regard specifically to the time travel in Doctor Who, it takes a very interesting approach that some things you can change, some things you can't. Fix points in time. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. everything that he interacts with is either from the past or from the future, and it doesn't actually matter anymore because of the way the, the doctor tracks the world they just don't perceive yeah. time as a, the way we do traditionally speaking uh but the fact that there are some things that they cannot change, like the Rosa episode is indicative of that, where they are in place at the right time and they cannot interact. It is actually their job to not attempt to change anything, to not help, because this is an event that needs to play out in the way history has it playing out. The way humanity and while they, wants. And while there is theoretic, like the capacity to change it, they shouldn't. Yeah. I don't remember that particular episode, so what I say might be me talking out of my ass in the next moment. That's fine. We do that all <laughs> the time here on this show there seems to be this sense in time travel that like really big events that we remember really well are the things we can't change but if it's truly a butterfly effect there should also be small innocuous events that in all the multiverses there is no multiverse where i didn't forget my shoes at the gym yesterday did you forget your shoes at the gym yesterday <laughs> no i didn't get to the gym yesterday <laughs> Was, I didn't get to the gym yesterday because like like, I forgot well. my shoes. And then when I said it, I was like, it sounds better if I say I went to the gym and left the shoes behind. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Understood. But yeah, that idea that if history is of one great big web, changing anything should change yeah. the future, right. not just changing the big stuff that we know about. There's some classism inherent into it's okay if a peasant sees you and a peasant sees a person from the future. Yeah. But if the king sees a person from the future, the world's going to 
fall apart. Yeah, because those guys don't matter, but the king does. Yeah. 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 This is what one of the issues I had with uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, Tim Burton's version. It is completely different from the books. And the reason why it doesn't work as a film is because it changed so much the books mm. as oh, a the film. Tim Burton has a thing for ethereal blonde characters because oh. Emma Bloom was a brunette. Tim Burton has a lot of things. Issues? Yes. Yeah, and I think what you're saying, Victoria, leans into kind of one of the other questions that we were really interested with, which was, so we construct these counter-narratives and we construct these concepts of the past, but what do they say about us as the people writing and consuming that? And I've got an interesting tidbit for you guys. Mm -hmm. So, like Chinese censorship, there's some interesting ones, like putting skins on the skeletons in World of Warcraft. In 2011, their official censorship agency banned time travel stories. Because they might have to is really interesting. or something. <laughs> Fair. Good on you for bringing let's, that up. Let's Red. swing. If we're going to swing, let's swing. Yeah. I Okay, I feel so much more comfortable. Uh, I feel endorsed to talk about Now, closer. to be fair, everything I've read on this is published in the West. I'm going to say that. There's bias in here in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah. the main interpretation, and this is going to be really interesting with where Marvel's going, because mm-hmm. multiverses inherently have time travel. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. they have to. But the big Western perception on why this censorship was enacted was that they don't want citizens romanticizing an alternative world. Well, yeah. And the cultural analysis that's, again, being done by Western scholars is that when you look at the way time travel is written and popularized prior to this ban, it almost always involves a character who prefers the past or the alternative world to their own world. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think the film adaptation works. Mm -hmm. Because Jacob in the book, he's very conflicted about choosing the peculiars over his father. Because in the book, his father is loving and supportive, and he only wants the best for his son. In the film, Burton villainizes him to make the choice simple. Yeah, and I mean, that's a fantasy book, and fantasy comes from how we frame our reality, right? Like, you you can't fantasize without imbuing some of your own perceptions of your reality. Right. Marvel so I think doesn't that... get to be that without the world outside your window. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, and like, nobody goes into the past to screw it up unless it's advantageous to them. Yep. Yes. Right? Heroes go in the past to try to make the world better, and villains go in the past to make the world worse in a way that's specifically beneficial to them. I think yeah. the uh, not romanticizing alternative histories is an interesting point there because yeah. not trying to say specifically anything about China's government mm-hmm. here but in general authoritarian regimes often appeal to a romanticized version of the past in order to create communal unity to get this sense of things that were that we need to get back to which is why you need to fucking listen to us and so yeah. that idea of the past both can't be different than what it is and it also cannot be touched that is something yes. sacred and yeah. precious that you are not allowed to interact with because it belongs yeah. to us yeah you've just described the entire conservative approach to humanities. It's this idea of no, the translations we already have of the Odyssey are not homoerotic, so how dare you go back to the original Greek and suggest that these are homoerotic stories. I mean, they're vaguely homoerotic. Oh, they're so homoerotic. They're Greek, yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, the Greeks didn't have a concept of heterosexuality like we do now. But to not in our... Who does it? Who does it? Right. (laughs) 
about this romanticizing of the past. Vic, I know you wanted to talk about Outlander. How many people die of like common things that we have penicillin for now in Outlander? Uh, God, to everyone dies. Like at least there's one okay. death per episode. <laughs> like it's everything. This person has smallpox. Outlander is a lot of fun. There's a, some trigger warnings in there, but it's a fascinating show. So the question is, is the past a fixed point in time or can you change it? Because that's what Claire tries to do. Specifically and deliberately to interfere. Yeah. Yes. And then in the later seasons, she questions, well, is there the option that you could change things? She does try to make penicillin in her cottage in the woods. Actually really hard. Yes. Like making penicillin? The show does depart a lot from the books in certain ways. But it yeah. is it ethical to time travel or to use your knowledge of the yeah. future to affect the past? So here's my question to you guys then. See how the six of us are sitting here right now having this conversation, right? right. Well, yeah. you know, if, if motherfucking Christopher Columbus didn't do his trip, right? Would we even be here now? Do we, and after all the bad shit he's brought from his travels, do we stop this motherfucker? Or do we let it happen? Because I, I think you stop can him. stop Columbus in mm-hmm. part because the reason he chose to cross the Atlantic, uh, Europe's expansionism was getting too big for Europe, for Africa, for yeah. Asia. They wanted mm-hmm. more than the world contained as far as they were concerned. And while Columbus was one dumb motherfucker, there would be someone else because yeah. there had been people who had crossed the Atlantic before. We have the Vikings, yeah. obviously. And then weird mm-hmm. evidence relating to Egypt's access to, I want to say it was cocaine, but it might be wrong. I'm not mad so at like, that. It's probably opium, but not cocaine. But I mean, hey, everybody's having well, a party was, at that point. It was, it was something specific that they put in their mummy wrappings that they shouldn't have had access to because it's so, from South yes. America. So I can answer you on that. That's the Victorians' fault because mm. all the guys... Oh, they were hiding their fucking cocaine in the mummies? Yeah, all the guys who grave robbed and stole things from Egypt and then unwrapped mm. them in their fucking bougie parties they were all smoking coke while they did that yeah and they're like oh you know what would be good we should eat the mummies because they all they're yeah so to give the gentleman to my right and left a little bit of context very early in like the grave robbing days of humanity yeah Uh just getting into what egypt was as a as a historical concept Uh Uh, rich people Uh who happen to all be a very certain color which you wonder why the colonizers yes call them what they Mm -hmm. are the colonizers yeah Mm -hmm. uh, decided Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. actually not only am i going to put this in my mouth and eat it but i'm also going to mm-hmm. do up my face like that and it is like having a compact mm-hmm. yeah. they would say mm-hmm. hey did you bring any mummy with listen that? here man so basically this part is like Jonathan, did you have enough cocaine yeah do you want to eat this dick skin it's jerky delicious <laughs> I think I was good with that until somebody said the word delicious and I don't know. But, <laughs> Tastes like teriyaki. You don't say. Oh, God. I mean, it's so cured, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> early Egyptologists were literally the worst. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So bad. Grave robbers. Grave no. robbers. Let's call them yeah. grave robbers. Yeah. vaguely circle back to what I was getting towards. Transatlantic oh. travel wasn't mm-hmm. out of the picture for however long. And so mm-hmm. if Columbus didn't do it, someone else would have. And you know what? They might have done the same shitty things as Columbus but Columbus I believe we have records that he specifically sucked a lot and a lot of the people associated with him also thought he sucked so I'd like back to think that. we'd get someone at least slightly less shitty I'll back that by saying that his his crew is about to they're about to maroon him they're gonna they're yeah gonna they were gonna fucking kill him. maroon him yeah, yeah so yeah. yes I think kind of what you were getting at Victoria when you were talking about Outlander a little bit more but like this goes into like so many other genres speculative history mm-hmm. which is the genre of fiction where like the first maybe even just prologue of your book is what you 
you changed and then you mm -hmm. write what I guess is like a parallel universe story but it's also very specifically speculating on like what would have happened during the Vietnam War if JFK hadn't been assassinated and I think that that is something that gets people very engaged I think if you set out to write speculative history you become very engaged with what happens immediately before but also if you then read speculative history and you don't know what went into that something like Philip K's Dick's The Man in High Castle yeah, right okay, yeah. where fascism continues to dominate past the middle of the 20th century I don't know I think that what that creates is this idea that like there's turning points and there's watershed moments that that teaches us that like if you miss your opportunity that's you're it done. the world's fucked right. mm. yeah. yeah like I think mm. that's probably a negative to teach if your particular movement doesn't take off in the first year you're screwed yeah well, and yeah. with speculative time travel theories like with Outlander or one of my favorites is the Stitch in Time series by Keely Armstrong what I was actually really thinking and like trying to get at is it ethical to time travel and to use your knowledge of the future like if you have documentation uh and mm -hmm. like that's almanac or something yeah so because Doc Brown says you're not supposed to do that it's bad stuff and then Bibbs like sucks my ass knowledge. and does it anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right you're not supposed to do that but yeah I would almost say that you have so obviously there's you know the metaphysics of it but mm -hmm. to the extent that we all have the moral imperative to help the people around us I think you have no choice but to try and use your knowledge of the future to benefit the people around you because otherwise you're choosing to let them suffer when you could help and mm -hmm. that in itself is yeah. a purple wrong even if it'll have weird consequences on the greater world that yeah. like we have our duties to each other you can never control everything but you can control the, the individuals you interact with. right that would yeah. well, get to control yeah i like that you're bringing up the ethical dilemma but the caveat i want to throw out is recall that your concept of ethics is actually your moral basis from the society you live in yes so, i was gonna say also that's right? my thing about, that's my thing about time travel because my, my my favorite yeah. stories are time travel because it usually it usually weighs in on the moral compass of stuff yeah. always yeah because right? yeah. like here's the thing you know if you're a racist in the post-civil war and you go back in time to give the self information to win that's ethically fucked up and we can all agree yeah. to that but that person but was like you're acting morally and that's where my right concern thing. comes in is like to assume you're right is always arrogant potentially well, dangerous it is yeah so then you get yourself a force like minority port and you kind of you kind of keep your eyes on the future time stream or your TVA stop things if from you happening from happening. exactly exactly mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah, stay with timeless it's like you can go and change the past so that you can benefit the people in the future and so and sort of make sure that everything goes the way it should but then is it right that you're not doing something that's the well, question and it's based off of, of is what you've been told about the past correct yes and yeah. that's where, right? where I was going to jump in and say coming from a fiction and a writing perspective we've all been told the best villains are the ones that think they're right yeah mm -hmm. yep. and so what's to say you're not wrong exactly no I know I'm not wrong I'm going back in the past to punt kick Hitler through the fucking goalposts I'm a good guy yeah. yes no that's unequivocally that is a correct thing to do that is if, yeah. we and, can spin that yeah. back in right so there is a Doctor Who episode that's let's kill they Hitler they shoot Hitler yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and they're like fuck it let's do it where the doctor's held at gunpoint 
to go back in time to the 1940s and one of the characters stuffs Hitler in the closet. The mm -hmm. same sort of thing, right? Everybody would want to, but are you correct? Not yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying there's an argument. I'm just saying that that is part of the question. That's all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. not to sell plug. I don't want to be that person, That's but I'm also writing a time travel story. My main character's conflict is that they get stranded in the past with the prospect of eventually being rescued. They're living day to day and they go, do I live as much a hermit as I can to avoid it impacting anything? Yeah. Do I deliberately impact big events so that someone in the future will notice I'm here? Or do I just live? The whole point of the story is to explore the consequences of each of those choices. I don't know. Like you also get into the like, I think that I'm doing something very noble, like preventing the Library of Alexandria from burning down. Because in our Western uh. consciousness, we're obsessed with the idea that there was some hidden god tier knowledge in that. Um, and then it becomes like, I, I'm going to do this because in my perception of history, I think this is a, you know, grand intellectual tragedy. But like, what's the butterfly conflict that comes from that? Does someone who would have died in that fire survive and they go on to do something terrible? So like the non-intervention, I still think you should kill Hitler. Oh, 100%. Like you should. Like, like I'm not trying no to No debate. Everybody Let's... needs to kill. If you get the chance to kill Hitler, do it. And, and, and if you're going to write mm. a time travel story, you might as well go try. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. My story is quick. I grab that kid out of his fucking bait, his, out of his little playpen and I fucking run like Barry Sanders and fucking <laughs> touchdown. And here's the, there it goes. <laughs> the whole kid. Okay. But with that concept then, just quickly touching it, Please. obviously we all would like the same answer, right? Yeah. But yeah. if then, if Hitler is then, you know, as Andy. Rhodey does, Andy. right? Yeah. Yeah. His, his game is ended literally. Um, <laughs> per se. I treat, I treat is, a baby like Pele. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. then what happens? Isn't there a possible chance that a, like another evil could rise up? Well, so, yeah. World War II happened without Hitler. World War II <laughs> happens either happen. way. And in all yeah. likelihood, Nazi fascism still occurs. Mm -hmm. Like there yeah, will be, be a different, different lead. Mm -hmm. Let's not pretend that the political situation in Europe wasn't a shit fest. Like, fascist Italy occurred before fascist Germany. Yeah, I was going to say right? yeah. Mussolini might have something to say about that. Well, we can go back to the past and shoot him too when he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoot. I'm no, 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 no. babies are you willing to murder? <laughs> for world peace? Are you kidding me? Hey, kid, let's you put them in a little sleep sack, they can't move their arms or their legs, and you go... All I'm saying is yes. To answer your question, yes, I would go back in time to do, to harm that many children who turn out to be bad men. I'm about that life. Hey, and you know what? Um, Speedo Brando, I'm about that life. Quote. <laughs> Internet forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The history of racism, it's not that one baby. And I'm not defending Hitler. Kill he baby Hitler. He was the Hitler. evilest baby. No, Kill no, baby we're the only one, one who would have... Um, to bring it back cut. to time travel, one of the things that I remember my first history professor saying to me is, even if you could time travel... Could you? And you would be held to the limitations of that time. Could yeah. you go back in time and reasonably function as a human in that yes. time period? I'm would a black you be male. okay? The answer is yeah. no. Right? And that's something that, it, it's like, it's the most cop-out thing ever, but in Doctor Who, one of the things that, it's a universal translator, and it's implied in some of the dialogue that, like, you look like the rest of the population. Like, you don't actually look to the people around you like the cast members do. Yeah, that you look normal. To yeah. spin that Back, it is mm -hmm. a uh, somewhat of a perception filter because that's not how actual human history went down. But 
the yeah. 12th Doctor and Bill go back to Victorian England. And I don't know if you know this about Victorian England, but people of color were not looked upon with much respect. No. No, no yeah. time travel seems to be a thing that uh, me and someone like Beastie might frown upon because it's not so much fun. Yeah. Timeless does talk about that because one of the main characters, Rufus, is like, I don't want to be here. This is yeah. bad for me. Yeah. The episode that you're talking about, Red, is actually in that article I was talking about at the beginning. Like, yeah, basically, like, you're writing a representative history. You have to not just put people in a very rosy past. You have to acknowledge the different experiences that those different represented groups would have. Lovecraft Country. Beautifully yes. done. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yes. Yeah. So, thank you for coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. This was fun as like last time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. believe I know that we have to leave quickly and get out of here. But early on we were talking about that like one of the things alternative history does potentially is fill in the gaps that are left in the primary sources because the primary sources always come from the upper class elites. Mm-hmm. The primary sources also always depict the upper ca- class elites in the best way possible. Let's do a quick recap of what we talked about. Time travel, cool. you have to th- consider your metaphysics, you have to consider your ethics, yeah. and you have to consider whether yeah. or not history is a thing you can change yeah. and whether or not you should. If you're someone who likes consuming time travel narratives and uh, ahistorical narratives, alternative histories, just like meditate on how it's affecting your perception of the past. Like keep watching it, keep enjoying the things that make you happy, but like think about the message that are in there. And think That's about right. what yeah. isn't in there. Think about just the details that yeah. historically you wouldn't find and then explore that. If people wanted some more time travel shenanigans, right? We've got Endgame, we've got Back to the Future, we've got Miss Peregrine's that we talked about, Futurama, Doctor Who, all of them. Is there anything else people want to throw in there as like a watch list? I'm uh, Yeah. Uh, Readless, I would recommend definitely the Outlander books. The original Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, I recommend more than the film. Uh, Keely Armstrong's Stitch and Time series. Minority Port, uh, that's another one for me, always. I was, I was just going to say, yeah. I like that anime just because for time travel, fun shenanigans, yeah. but eh. Watch Predestination just to, like, figure out what's going on in that movie, because there is only one character in that entire movie. <laughs> There's one guy, and he is not having a good day. Like, no, no. to be fair, in no, that yeah. movie, one of the big, like, key points is he can never catch the criminal because the date of the bombing constantly changes because he's trying to catch himself and i know i've spoiled it you're still gonna watch it and you're not gonna believe me that that's what happens because it's just it's such a boggle oh god i gotta go watch that in a pre-conversation that there's some news that you guys have to announce. Yeah, uh, so we've been creating content for about a year. Uh, I assume this is what we're going. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, we hope that people will hit up our old episodes, but we're not going to be producing content for a while yet. Uh, just because of time commitments, you know, the usual yeah. uh, reasons that you give. But yeah, still super tight with New Crusade, and we love that this is like the last bit of content that we got to do. So if you tuned into this stream late and you want to know where the conversation started, if you want to know what we talked about before, we are going to release this episode and it's going to be like our closing uh, blowout. So big thanks to Nerd Crusade for facilitating last bit of content. Table and okay. stone. I believe there's another piece of news that we have to announce to a uh, foreseeing audience. Long I know no. you're talking about the mystery editor. Yes, yes. I, I will be I will be doing some of the editing from this live stream for Nerd Crusade, uh, which I'm excited thanks. for. Yeah, no, you guys are great and I'm really looking forward to uh, doing that with you guys. Uh, yeah, really awesome. exciting. So they... Happy to right. continue to eat your free time. <laughs> A little bit of behind the scenes here, all. With that in mind, we will catch you all 